Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number three, John Dickinson, Dan Devone. Uh, We will get to more phone calls coming up here in hour number three as we're going to be with you until noon. Good first couple of hours, lively conversation, a lot of phone calls throughout the 10 o'clock hour. We appreciate it. Comcast Business text line is open as well. Trying to make sense, Devone, are we of the Warriors' five-game losing streak and a lot going on there. Stephen Curry out for a couple of games here. We'll see if he's going to be back tonight uh, as we're going to hear from Steve Kerr coming up momentarily in his interview with Willard and Dibbs from last night. You've got Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins continuing to struggle. Draymond Green suspended not only for the game on Thursday night, but tonight's game Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of this following week before he'll come back when the Warriors play Sacramento again on the 28th. But uh, just uh, trying to figure out how this team can get a win and, and how big picture they can get themselves back on track toward being what they believe they are, Dan, which is a championship contender. It's just really difficult without Steph Curry. <laughs> and you didn't need me to get out of bed and tell everybody that this morning and turn on a live mic, but that's sort of just to sum it up and boil this thing down is can you win basketball games even when Steph does return? Can you win games when Steph is having an off night? Or again, can somebody offset the scoring from Steph? And I think that that's the hard reality that they're trying to figure out right now. And another game is another opportunity for Clay and Andrew Wiggins, more importantly, I think, to break out. Will, will tonight be the night? That's sort of how yeah, I see we'll, things going forward. Will tonight be the night? That's a, a key question there. All right, let's get to uh, Steve Kerr and his weekly interview with Willard and Dibbs here on 95.7 The Game from last night. Uh, and it began uh, with Willard uh, asking Steph about his injury status. And again, this was about 5 o'clock last night. So uh, we'll roll that. We'll come back. We'll react to it here on 95.7 The Game. We'd like to start off right away by asking how, how Steph Curry looked in practice today and what's the plan there? Yeah, he's feeling a lot better, and he went through all of practice. And 
plan is just to see how he um, he feels in the morning, but I think uh, there's there's a decent chance he'll play tomorrow. While we're in the injury space, any update you can give us on GP2 and just uh, how he came out of last night's game? Yeah, he rolled his ankle pretty badly coming down on uh, Chet Holmgren's foot. And uh, so he was in a boot today. Um, it, it, he had an MRI. It's, um, it, you know, wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't anything that, that that looked terrible on the imaging, but he's definitely going to miss uh, at least tomorrow and then kind of day-to-day from there. Steve Kerr with us here on Willard and Dibbs 95-7 The Game. Coach, uh, look, no no getting around it. Got a little losing streak going on here. There's some, some obvious reasons for it, and then I'm sure some not so obvious. How would you sort of uh, describe the, the, the general sense of how you're feeling about everything right now? Well, I'm, you know, I've been around long enough to know that things are never as bad as they seem and they're never as good as they seem, you know, so you, you just have to try to, to keep some perspective. Um, we got off to a really good start and now we've, uh, we've hit a little wall. We've, we've had some tough matchups. We've, uh, had some, some absences, some suspensions and, uh, you know, lost some of our momentum. So <clears throat> we just got to bounce back and, and we'll play better and we'll, we'll find a groove. I like our roster. I like our guys. Uh, you know, it's just one of those stretches in the season where shots aren't going in and, and uh, we're not quite finding our rhythm. One of the positives from last night was Jonathan Kaminga and a nice performance, and he mentioned in the post game how he had some conversations with some people. Were you one of the people who spoke to J.K., and what did you think of the response from uh, Jonathan Kaminga in terms of his effort last night? I, I am one of the people he spoke with, as a matter of fact. Nice. Uh, I, I, I got that one correct. I had guessed that you were one of the people. <laughs> Score one for the ah. Denver, Steve. That is my job, after all. It but, is, um, yeah. Now he's, you know, J.K.'s a great young guy. And, um, you know, he, he being a young player in the NBA is not easy. Actually, being being a player, period, in the NBA is not easy. Uh, there's There's pressure and stress on all these guys. And, you know, there's a lot to learn as a young guy, and and uh, there's going to be some ups and downs. And the biggest thing for J.K. is to to plow through the adversity. The adversity hits everybody. You know, I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. You look, you look at our team. You know, Steph and and Wiggs are, uh, you know, or uh, Clay and Wiggs are kind of going through it right now. You know, it's been a, a bit of a struggle. They've got their stuff. They've got to fight through and. You know, uh, J.K., same thing, young guy t- trying to find his place, trying to be consistent. And uh, the biggest thing in this league is just is keeping your, your energy and your spirit up and keep working, you know, through the, the downtimes. And I think that's a, it's, a, it's a more, you know, it's a difficult thing to learn. It's, you know, easier said than done. So I think uh, that was the nature of, of the, the message to J.K. over the last couple of days. He responded really well and, and played well last night. Yeah, it was a good game for him. Coach, I, the, the, the whole thing is real interesting to me, especially when you go back to what happened in the playoffs with him last year where it was widely uh, sort of evident that, that he was not kind of happy with the role. I listened to what he said last night, saying that he needed to have a lot of people talk to him to check him. And I sort of came out with the perception that there have been conversations with him over maybe even the last couple of years just about general effort. Is 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 that a, a fair perception? 
I think his effort is fine. It's 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 sometimes he sometimes he loses his energy and you know and his body language goes bad and and so it may look like effort, but I think it's just more you know he gets down on on things and he he just uh, has to understand that that stuff matters. You know, body language matters, um, energy, spirit. Um, you know, taking joy in others, success, all of that stuff uh, goes into being part of a winning team and. You know, the hard thing when you're a uh, you know one of fifteen guys uh, on a team, things aren't always going to go your way. Um, so one of my favorite qualities of Steph Curry, uh, um, he takes more joy in others' success when he's on the bench and somebody gets hot. You see Steph's you know antics on the bench. That goes so far to helping a team win and. You know, I, I I get it. It's easier to do when you're Steph Curry and you know you're going to get your you know 30 points every night. But it's it's real. It's authentic. And and uh, young players have to understand that too. They you, you, they they all have to to uh, be part of the group and take joy in the group's success and bring life and energy regardless of the circumstances. And uh, when 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 the team does that, when all the guys in the team do that, it's it's just much easier to win. Yeah, the phrase uh, "wallflowers" and "powders" was ringing in my head as you uh, as you were giving that answer. But I'm not saying that you were indicating that about Jonathan Kaminga. But I, I think that his performance last night would definitely not be put underneath that category. A question that I have is about Andrew Wiggins and where his his energy can come from in terms of you know returning Andrew to being the player that he was a couple of seasons ago. I think Wiggs is really trying. You know, he's uh, last night was good. He got to the rim uh, multiple times, um, didn't settle, you know, for the fadeaway jumper, 15-footers. He, instead, he, he kept turning and getting to the rim and, and um, you know, gave himself some easy buckets. And that was important. You know, we need him to be aggressive. And as long as he keeps doing that, I'm confident that his shot will, will follow. You know, he's got a track record, long track record of being a – Good three-point shooter. Um, you know, we, he, this is a, a, a spot here over 12 games where he hasn't uh, hasn't shot the three well. So I, I lean into the uh, you know the the prior seven or eight years. I think that's a, a much better indicator of what kind of shooter Wiggs really is. Uh, Coach Kerr with us here on Willard and Dibs, 95-7 The Game. Steve, you, you brought up the suspension for Draymond, and I, I found it very interesting sort of the tone that, that you took to the podium last night with regard to, to what you said about it. There's no doubting the organization has had Draymond's back for, for years um, this sounded a little bit more firm from you. Why? Why sort of the 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 change in tone? Well, I think you know, watching the tape, it was um, it was bad, and there's no getting around that. And um, you know, I, I, as I said yesterday, I, I didn't mind uh, Draymond getting Rudy off of Clay because that was appropriate. But he just needed to let go immediately, and uh, once once. Once Rudy was off of Clay, Dre needed to let go. Instead, he, you know, basically got him in a in a in a headlock, and and um, it was a bad look. Bad look for Draymond. Bad look for us. Bad look for the league. And uh, particularly coming on the heels of uh, you know the uh, the ejection two nights earlier, you know, and and Draymond knows, you know, we need him. We're in the in a in a little bit of a rut here. We got to have all, all everybody um, contributing and. 
And so now another ejection, now a suspension, and you know this this hurts the team. And uh, so all of that that stuff is real, and and Draymond understands that and knows that, and and um, he's going to try to be better. I'll tell you what, Coach. I'm sure you know this. I think the whole fan base was nodding their head in agreement when you said yesterday, and I'm paraphrasing, but he he's got to find a way to uh, to to be him but not have it end up like this. And when I heard right. you say that, I immediately thought, okay, we've all sort of believed through the years Draymond is is this one person. Like, he can't not be Draymond. So how do you go about doing that? Well, those are, those are things that are being worked on behind the scenes. You know, we... we um, you, you know, I'm not going to go into detail on on that stuff because that's 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 private. But um, he's working on it. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Yeah, and it's it's a fine line because we all want Draymond to be aggressive and engaged and passionate, and yet it is a fine line in terms of you know when he steps over it. Usually, things happen like they did the other night. So with Draymond out now for the time being. What do you do to try to replace him? We know he's one of one in terms of his unique abilities, but how do you try to find somebody to come in there and replace his defense and his rebounding particularly? Well, I, I, I like this roster. We have a deep roster. and We have a lot of guys who can play. And uh, I think the trick is really kind of sorting through uh, the, the roster and figuring out you know, which combinations work the best and, and, um, you know, who, who's, who's going to play with whom and all that. So I think right now it's a, it's really, it's early in the season, um, you know, way too soon to, to be too, too worried about anything. It's more of an opportunity. So JK will get that opportunity to start and, uh, maybe trace will get some minutes with dream on doubt. Um, and and we've we'll look at at some of these different uh, combinations. So it's I, I look at it as an opportunity for our young guys to to step forward. Uh, Steve, uh, a rough game for Clay Thompson last night for for sure. And I, I know you mentioned the defense that OKC was was throwing at him over the off season. There was so much talk from Clay even about the frustrations that he was feeling. And, and to my eye. He still sort of looks to be feeling that frustration. What, what's your assessment of his play and sort of his emotional state? He's just pressing. He's just taking tough shots because he's you know he's trying to get himself going. Um, you know, if you look at the history of Clay's career, he usually gets off the slow starts. I mean, the numbers would back that up. Um, you know, I, I, I guess he's played what twelve, thirteen years now. Um, I would be willing to to bet that seven or eight of those years um, he got off to a slow start first the first month you know first ten fifteen games so uh, the other thing that's happened is in all of those years is he's uh, he's recovered and played really well so I think uh, I, I have no doubt that he'll he'll get out of it but he is pressing and he's taking tough shots and I think he just needs to embrace that the attention that he draws is enough uh, to, to help our team score. If he, if he's got two guys on him, like he did last night and he just moves the ball and we do our jobs, then we're going to end up with a good shot. And, and, and Clay has to recognize that and just accept it, especially until Steph is back um, because that's how teams are going to treat him. It's the ultimate respect. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at his splits, coach, and his October his October numbers for his career are ghastly as they relate to the rest of his uh, shooting percentages from November through April. So your suspicions mm-hmm. have been confirmed. You can go ahead and run <laughs> with that, uh, courtesy of you. your guy, the Dibber, in basketball reference <laughs> as well. Steve, how do you adjust to teams in the way they're now defending you? Because it's not only running Clay off the line. It feels like they're... They're obviously trying to run Steph off the three-point line as well. Do you have to try to tweak the offensive approach a little bit, knowing that teams are now coming at you from behind the three-point arc? Well, that, that's not really that new. I mean, everybody's been trying to do that for years. I remember uh, Greg Popovich used to to uh, put um, defenders on the top side of Steph and Clay when they had the ball 30 feet from the hoop, you know, he would just literally force them to drive underneath the the three-point line. So it's not anything new. I think it's more a case of us uh, needing to find a little better rhythm, maybe, you know, even streamline our play calls and just run a handful of things and execute them better. And if we do that, then um, we'll start knocking down shots. You know, we're, we're, we're getting shots that, that, uh, we can make for sure that we should make, but I think as a staff, we've got to do a little better job of, of helping the players find a good rhythm. And, and with that rhythm, uh, the shot should get a little bit easier. Steve Kerr, coach of the dubs, obviously here on Willard and Tibbs, 95, seven, the game, uh, coach, we kind of put it out to our audience throughout the day. What would you like to, uh, to ask coach Kerr? And we got this one a whole lot. Uh, why not more minutes for Moses? So, so why why not more minutes for Moses Moody? Well, it's just a math equation, you know. Um, we, we've got a lot of guys who can play, and um, so if Moses is going to play, it, it's got to be in front of um, you know the, the list, and the list includes uh, you know uh, Wiggs, Gary Payton, Clay, uh, Kaminga. So you you know you, you and even even Draymond and when Draymond is out there so we we've got a ton of guys who can play we're you know we're doing some things as a team to to you know try to get certain actions going certain players going and Moses doing a really nice job he's playing well um and he's going to continue to get more minutes but uh he you know it's a lot of guys so you, if you want to you want to play one guy more, you got to sit, sit another guy. Uh, and that, that's, that's, you know, there's kind of a domino effect there. And one of those guys is the new guy, Brandon Podjemski, who seems to have vaulted himself up the rotation. How enthused are you by his recent spate of play? And especially after you, you praised him pregame and then he went out and balled out. That has to make you feel quietly a little bit good. Well, we just, you know, know what we see every day in practice. And, uh, so he's looked great since the start of training camp. And, and, uh, Brandon's got, um, a really good feel. You know, he's a different player, um, in terms of he's more of a kind of a one, two. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a guard who creates plays and, and, but also connects the game. The ball really moves when he's out there. And he's constantly cutting into spots and forcing the defense to react. So Brandon's a, a young player who has great feel and, and makes everybody better. So he, he's definitely going to, to see minutes. Uh, what, like, I wonder if you'd expand on that. When Steph and Draymond and everybody are back, what do you see as his role going forward? He's got to play. He's got to play. The game, the game gets easier for everybody else uh, when he's out there. And, uh, 
So it's going to be tough. I mean, we, we've got, uh, like I said, I think I think we've got 12 guys who uh, legitimately could, can be in the rotation. And um, when everybody's healthy, uh, that means, you know, there's going to be some people who are, who are uh, sitting. And uh, it's not an easy decision as a, as a coaching staff. Um, you know, and, and where we are right now, we have a, a lot of guys who uh, are capable and, and, and for sure can be in that rotation. But we also need to find the combinations that are going to help us win because we're right now we're just sort of experimenting and, and you know, not gaining much traction. And uh, we got to go get a couple of wins and, you know, guys really have to emerge and, and you know, help us help us win. And those are the guys who will play. And you've never uh, suffered six consecutive losses other than that uh, that 15 and 50 season that we all have uh, discarded from our memory bank. So hoping to get a win to avoid that ignominy. You were talking about combinations. How do you like Chris Paul with that second unit? I know it's been a little different with Steph out and now Draymond out, but is Chris finding comfort being a part of that second group? Yeah, you know, he's, he's really... Um, he's. He, He's such a, a dynamic point guard, uh, does so many things that regardless of the combination, he's going to help the group. But, you know, if you're, if you're a pick and roll player, you, you know, you want spacing, uh, you want to have a lob threat, you know, you want to have another playmaker on the floor. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's it just, the game becomes easier the more we can space the floor with Chris out there. So, you know, we'd like to like to surround him with shooting and a and a dive man, and and that uh, makes the game as easy as possible for him, for sure. As he discussed, Chris Paul liking the fit when the Warriors have everybody with Chris Paul leading that bench group, and and that had been off the six and two, six and three start. Uh, uh, portion of this Warriors team that had played pretty well and, and even I, I think better than expected dominantly well uh, but it's a matter of getting everybody else healthy and and back in the fold uh, what what stuck stuck out to you I, I was jotting a bunch of things down Dan that we can get into in the in the final segment here but uh, what, what what was your biggest Steve Kerr takeaway well there are there are a few I think the conversation that he had with Jonathan Kaminga, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that. I think that was really informative that he pulled Jonathan Kaminga aside. And I think that the analogy he gave of how Steph Curry just has that joy of playing the game and how he's so happy for other players doing well while he's on the bench, what I read into that is that this goes back to the powders and wallflowers. And I think whether it was, I don't know, an indirect dig at, at Jonathan Kaminga, I don't know. But I, I think the, the way that I sort of reading between the lines is that when he's on the bench, he can't sit there with his arms folded in that sort of pouting position because, you know, people are watching. He, Big Brother's always, the cameras are always on you the minute you step out of that locker room. And you're giving off a signal. And I think it was... Not so much of his play, because you see it somewhat on the, on the floor a little bit, where he hangs his head, but also on the bench, because I notice it. When they have, as we call in the television industry, these cutaways, and you see the bench, and you see Jonathan King at the end of the bench, and he looks disengaged. And I think what's, what Steve Kerr was saying, hey, listen, you don't have to be on the floor producing to have an impact on this team. Look at Steph Curry, and look at the joy he has with his teammates in celebrating their success. 
I need a little bit more of that from you. Yeah, it's interesting, and it, it, it makes you think something that, that I hadn't really thought, which is you know maybe it, on some of those nights where he hasn't played well, he's sitting over there and he's, he's thinking about not playing well, but he's also looking out on the court at maybe other players who are playing well, and he's thinking, well, damn, I'm, I'm not going to get the run that I want if these guys are playing well, and then it sort of leads to that, you know, that, that feeling or that look of maybe being not, not supportive of your teammates who, who are playing well. So yeah, good takeaway there. We'll get into more of what Steve Kerr had to say coming back. 8 at 8 We will uh, reiterate some key points and reopen up the phone lines as Warriors this week rolls on one final segment here on a Saturday with J.D. and Devone on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Well, those are those are things that are being worked on behind the scenes. You know, we, we you, you know, I'm not going to go into detail on on that stuff because that's 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 private. But um, he's working on it. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. All right, welcome back. Final segment, Steve Kerr there. As heard last night, right here on 95.7 The Game, his weekly interview with Willard and Dibbs. And uh, we re-ran that for you at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. And Coach Kerr talking about what's going on. The guy's pressing him on what's being done to try and you know get Draymond Green uh, any any potential help that, that he needs uh, as far as you know basically finding a way to be himself but not having it turn out the way it has here over the course of the last week with the ejection on Sunday and then the incident on Tuesday, which leads now to a five-game suspension, Dan. What's funny is that we re-racked the interview, and you could also re-rack that soundbite from Steve Kerr that he's working on some things. I don't mean to diminish what it is that he's going through, but we've been down this road before, specifically last year after he nailed – you know, his, his teammate Jordan Poole, and there was a lot of that sort of somber uh, moments at the mic with Steve Kerr, like he's got to work on some things, and you're thinking that this guy is going to change. I, I don't, again, I, I don't mean to, you know, say that anybody's lying here, but I, I'm, you know, I'm a little skeptic at this point that, that Draymond is going to change, and Draymond, I think at the end of the day, is going to be Draymond eventually. 
He he is, and and look, I mean, I, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but but I I thought the tone of the way Steve Kerr said it, it it made me think, you know, maybe there is some kind of you know anger management or, or or counseling or some some person that maybe he's he's talking to about about you know staying under control in in heated moments. I mean, I, again, I don't know, and I I, I don't want to you know project. Uh, you know the, the some of the stigmas that that come with that, which can be negative, which I think can can be why you know that can be kept private. You know, we all have things going on in our, our personal lives that that maybe can bleed over. I know if you remember last year with Draymond and the incident in Jordan with Jordan Poole, he said flat out there were some things going on, you know, maybe outside of the facility that that bled uh, in into the facility. So he came in, and, and we've all done this. You know, you go into work, and you're you're just. You're not ready to work, or you, or you know you're gonna work and you're gonna get ready to work, but you're thinking about something else, and yet you got to get through that day and and be able to be productive and, and do your job without anybody hopefully even noticing that something's wrong, right? I mean that's that's the goal I think of everybody, uh, in in you know, and and sometimes are more difficult than others, you know, for for individuals to to show up and you know we've all been there, man, where it's like you just it's like okay, how am I gonna get through this? And I really can't wait till the shift's over and. And I'm gonna, you know, I, I can get back to to focusing on what's really on my mind. And so, uh, you know, again, without prying or getting too personal about what Steve Kerr was talking about, and we don't know uh, specifically, but I kind of thought that the tone that he took made me think, all right, you know, there is somebody that's that's maybe assigned to, you know, at least having some conversations with Draymond, and then it's up to Draymond whether to discuss the level at which that's going on or or what type of maybe uh, counseling or or therapy it would be. Just to move off of Draymond for a second, the Moses Moody scenario and the relationship with him and Steve Kerr, I, I still get the feeling that something's amiss. And I know he addressed it, and it sometimes just comes down to, to numbers, right? He, I think he used the word math. It's just like, well, if he's going to get minutes, i got to take minutes from somebody else. But he's never very overly effusive about Moses Moody. Or maybe that's just my interpretation. And maybe there isn't anything there, but it just seems, I don't know, at times a little bit odd for a guy that I think has done, you know, everything if not more that's been asked of him and has been a good, solid player for the Golden State Warriors and has nothing but a huge upside in front of him. And yet, you know, he gets passed over from time to time. Maybe there's a little loony factor working here that because he doesn't pout and because he's such a nice guy (laughs) that he gets taken advantage of. I don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, let let's hear the the clip uh, because Steve Kerr was asked about it. So let let's rerun the clip, and then I I do have some thoughts on on sort of deciphering what I think it meant. Well, it's just a math equation, you know. Um, we we've got a lot of guys who can play, and um, so if Moses is going to play, it, it's got to be in front of um, you know the, the list, and the list includes uh, you know uh, Wiggs, Gary Payton, Clay. Uh, Kaminga, so you, you know, you, you and even even Draymond, and when Draymond is out there, so we, we've got a ton of guys who can play. We're you know we're doing some things as a team to to you know try to get certain actions going, certain players going, and Moses doing a really nice job. He's playing well, um, and he's going to continue to get more minutes. But uh, he, you know, it's a lot of guys. So you, if you want to you want to play one guy more, you got to sit fit another guy uh, and that, that's that's you know there's kind of a domino effect there all right so who were the players that steve kerr mentioned they were all forwards wiggins clay uh well i guess they weren't all forwards but clay clay's a guard but it was wiggins kaminga 
GP, who's more of a forward than a, than a guard in the Warriors, at least offensively, although he does defend guards. But it's Wiggins, Kaminga, and even Draymond on the one hand, and then it's Clay on the other hand, and then GP sort of a sort of a hybrid. It's basically, and I think he's found his, his way in this position, and, it, and this is where it's tough. I think at times. He's found his way into being the third string, like on a given night, he's the third string small forward or he's the third string two guard. You know, depending upon, you know, if, if Clay and GP on that night are, are the two twos, now you're trying to get Pajemski minutes. They view Pajemski more as a, yes, a one two, but more of a two. And so I, I think there are nights where the Warriors want to go bigger and they, and they don't love him as a as a three but then I also think there are nights where they want to maybe you know play guards more and then they don't totally view him against certain teams as a two I think his tweener status is actually hurting him a little bit because he is strong and sturdy but he's also shorter you know if he was six seven six eight I think he'd be playing every single night but there there are times where I, I think you know the body type probably hurts him and it is a matter of, you know, is he just is he just straight up the like let's just you know if you go through it, right? Everybody's healthy. You have Curry and Chris Paul at the one. You have you know Clay and you know, pick your pick your two. Is it you know GP, I guess, is probably the backup two, or you could say he's the backup three, Moody's the backup two. Uh, those are kind of interchangeable. Kaminga's the backup four. Saric, when he's not starting and Looney is, is the backup. Five. So you have, uh, you know, those basic, basic, you know, general uh, iterations of, of a depth chart, and then you've got Pajemski, who's who's like your eleven, and and your eleven twelve, and Trace Jackson Davis, who's like your eleven twelve. We talked about that last week, and Kerr's comfortable playing both of those guys, but I think some nights it just it gets lost in the shuffle. And now, if you want to play Pajemski more too. And you don't view Moody as a three, or you're viewing Clay more as a three in certain lineups. Then where does Moody get his minutes? And so I think he gets caught. Not to say that it's right, but that's where it gets caught. And that's where you notice the name he didn't mention. He didn't mention Corey Joseph. Well, no, notice the name that always comes up when you when you talk about why is it Moody getting minutes? And we've had it a bunch on the text line this morning. Everybody says why is Corey Joseph getting more minutes than Moody? Well, it's, they're not even in the same. They don't play the same position. They're not even in the same category. Like that's it's not even a thought for Steve Kerr that he's playing Corey Joseph over Moses Moody. Like that isn't even part of the equation because Corey Joseph is basically the third string point guard at this point. And so if Steph Curry's out. Corey Joseph is going to play. And, and like Corey Joseph playing has nothing to do with Moses Moody is basically what I'm saying. Yet on a night in night out basis it's like, well, why is Corey Joseph playing 13 minutes and Moody's playing 15 or or whatever it is? Uh it's because they play different positions. Uh so again, long-winded answer for you Dan, but I I think that's kind of what Kerr was getting at. Well, just staying with Corey Joseph for a second. Do you think that Pajemski at some point can jump Corey Joseph? Yes. Yeah. I, yes, and I and I I think we could already be to that point. Like I I, I I I'm already to that point where you can. To me, if you're looking for ways to get Pajemski on the court, and Steve Kerr said he's gonna play and has to play, then to me, making him the backup, you know, backup point guard when when Steph Curry's out, to me would be the easy. And he played backup point in the preseason. If you remember, Corey Joseph had a back injury. And they were flirting with the idea of starting Chris Paul. Remember, they started Chris Paul the majority of uh, the preseason because Draymond Green was out. So they started Chris Paul with Steph, Clay, Wiggins, and Kevon Looney. 
And that meant, with Corey Joseph also out, that there were backup point guard minutes because Chris Paul was in the starting lineup. And so he got those minutes in the preseason. And so to me, um, again, I think they view him as more of a 2-1 at this point than a 1-2, than a one two, but he's a combo guard that can handle it, and he's so good at connecting the game, like Steve Kerr had mentioned. Like, yeah, I would, I would give it – those are the minutes I would give Pajemski as much as, like I said, I don't think Moody is a, is a factor at all when it comes to Corey Joseph. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And Steve Kerr is a guy that believes in the point guard. Like, there's – I mean, he's sort of old school that way. He wants somebody that's going to handle and sort of, you know, balance the floor and distribute, which is another reason why you see guys like Joseph have a level of importance and get run with the Golden State Warriors. I just think that collectively maybe there's a sense of frustration because Moody, when he plays, again, he does all the right things, but he could be a victim of the numbers game. And, yeah, I think his body type puts him sort of in that tweener mode where – there's just it's not necessarily a, a reflection on his game. It's just where is he going to play with the Golden State Warriors? Just getting back to Pajemski really quick because we haven't talked about him. This kid is again. I think just like we have a tendency to overreact with Andrew Wiggins and all the trade talk and Clay Thompson suddenly you know turned fifty five over the off season and can't do it anymore. Uh, somewhere in between lies the truth. I do think that, that Clay Wiggins, is, or excuse me, that Clay Thompson, as you have touched on, is going to have that big game. And hope, you know, hopefully he doesn't think it's going to atone for you know, the five games prior to that where he wasn't very good. But I well, also, That'll be the first true test as to whether his <laughs> attitude has changed. Right? If he comes into the press conference with the, the stank eye, like he wants to jump up on the table and start shouting expletives at everybody who doubted him. But I also think that Pajenski is just like there's a slight overreaction because he's done so well. And, hey, listen, man, nobody loves a, a, a younger player doing well than me. I love rookies, especially when rookies get an opportunity. Trace Jackson Davis, I, I love to see him get more run. But I also think that Pajemski has got it just like anybody else and as high of a basketball IQ that he has, you still – I mean, he was a minus 26 the other night. And People I think went that, a little crazy off of the yeah, first game. Agree. Like, let, let's be honest. I mean, and, and I, I'm all for Pajemski can play a role. People went crazy when he scored 23 uh, in the you know, in the Tuesday game with Steph out, and and I think there was a little bit of you know I, I and I think the media plays into this because I think the and here here's the media knows. And here's a dirty little secret, and you know this because you've been in the game longer than I have. The the, the dirty little secret is the media knows the players and the narratives that fans get excited about. Like they, they know the things that it, it's why Jonathan Kaminga is always is one of the most talked about Warriors players on the entire roster that aren't Steph Clay or Draymond. It, it's because we the, feed the, the beast, media, JD. We the feed media the beast. knows that there's a big chunk of Warrior fans that think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the next Giannis or Kawhi or Paul George because that was kind of irrationally fed to them in some of the early comparisons uh, when he was drafted going back to 2021. Bigger picture, the media knows that Warrior fans love the freaking young players and love the notion of... Uh, you know, an, another core group that's going to keep winning championships at the level that Steph Clay and Draymond have done, even as even if it's completely foolish to think. I and mean, we're talking about legends and Hall of Famers and walking statues. Uh, you know, it, it, the 
you can be a really good player and not be that level of player of of those three uh, that that help build the, the dynasty. And so, but the point I'm getting at is, Warrior fans love young players, and the media knows Warrior fans love young players, like almost irrationally so. The excitement level of this next wave and what it could be. And so I think that's where, you know, Pajemski has an excellent game, as he did, and it's like, oh, you know, you're, asking, you're doing interviews about when people thought he could be special, and it's like, well, he is, I mean, he had a special game, but we do not know if Brandon Pajemski is a special NBA player. Like, let's, let's slow our roll a little bit on that. So I, I do think people got way carried away with the game that Pajemski had against Minnesota on, on Tuesday, and, you know, as, as great as it was, you know he should be playing. I I get Steve Kerr saying that, but like let's let's stop acting like that game means that he's going to be you know this major contributor every single night this season. And I think you saw that in the game on Thursday. Uh, you know he's he's still a rookie in the NBA that has a lot of things to figure out and is going to have bad games or games where he looks looks lost or takes a minus twenty six or whatever the heck it was. I, I and I also think that it provides a level of insight as to if. You know, you're a rookie and you get drafted by the Golden State Warriors, what it is that Steve Kerr is looking for. And he you know, he provided the the powders and wallflower line earlier this week and is he's continued to sort of, you know, highlight the play of Pajemski and that's you know, that to me is a is a prototypical type of player that I think that Steve Kerr is willing to invest in. Now, again, there's a long way to go before he becomes somebody that you can rely on. We still don't know. You know, he's still defining his game. But I do, what you can see right now is that he's high energy and that he knows where to be on the basketball floor and he picks it up pretty quick. And he's got, he's also got an attitude about him, but an attitude not like that of Jordan Poole. Well, no, he Jordan, thinks he's yeah, he thinks he's good. Like he knows he's good. Well, he's so confident. did Jordan Poole, but I also think it's sort of it's a little bit more humbling if that makes any if that makes any sense. He, you got to have, I think, that level of cockiness if you want to be good, really, at anything in life. But certainly in the NBA, like it's okay to feel as though you know you you've arrived and and you got this, uh, even though you're still very very green, but. I think it provided a, a, a true insight as to what Steve Kerr values in younger players. 8 at 8, 9, 5, 7, 95, 70. Final five, six minutes here. Warriors this week on 95, 7, the game. John Dickinson and Dan Devone here as we're with you until noon. We do it each and every week right here. Uh, it is Warriors this week. Uh, 5-1-0, wasn't it Steve Kerr who put Pajemski in the rotation after that one game? Yeah, he did. He did. And I was, to be honest, I was a little surprised. That, that he did. Uh, but again, there's a difference between putting somebody in the rotation and acting as if they're going to be this major contributor every night. Like, like what we saw Tuesday is not what it's going to be every single night. Now, clearly the kids got that game in them. And I, I think, you know, Steve Kerr, is, he said it in the interview we just played it, it, with Willard and Dibbs last night, just the simple fact that, you know, I think Steve Kerr likes the, the, the energy one, but the way he connects the game, uh, you know, because he has the ability to be a good passer, he has the ability to rebound and get out in transition, he has the a confidence in his three-point shot, he has a little bit of an in-between game that I wondered how much that would translate to the NBA, but I think it has translated to, to the NBA more, more at least initially than I thought. And so nobody's saying he shouldn't be playing. 
it's just let's not anoint him something that he's not a little bit too soon because he bursts onto the scene and has that that big game. And, you know, we were saying the same thing, at least I was saying the same thing about Jordan Poole going back to 2021 after he went to the G League and remember he came back and he finished that year as we were all coming out of COVID. He finished that year playing a lot. And, and you know, I remember saying, hey, let's – Let's calm down on on Jordan Poole and and let him you know extend this into an off season and into a, at least a second season, which he did and and got paid accordingly for for his ability to do it. It's it's just a matter of like I, I just thought some of the conversations about Pajemski as as good as he was in that one game, it was like whoa, like let's just like let's just take a deep breath. Again, no slight to him, but it's more the reaction that it, you know it's nothing he did. He went out and played well, then he went out and didn't play well. But let's not start evaluating him when he plays poorly, you know, a certain way because it goes back to the Kaminga conversation. Because you have it in your head that this kid is already a certain level of player that that he isn't because he hasn't proven it yet beyond one or two games. Getting back to the interview with Steve Kerr when he was talking about Andrew Wiggins. And I think that he's along the same lines of sort of what it is that we've talked about, that, that Andrew Wiggins is due for that breakout game and that it's coming. It's, it's certainly not there yet, but he still has faith. And I think he said as much that a guy that has been this good in the league for seven or eight years, I'll take that as far as you know, assessing where he's going to be in another week or a month, that that is going to return at some point. I guess the question I would have is, how long can he hold out if I'm Coach Kerr? How much longer can you play and start Andrew Wiggins and be this, uh, lack this much pro- productivity on a guy that you're this reliant on? I, I think there's a real long leash as far as, like, who, and, and here's the thing, who's starting yeah. if Wiggins isn't? Because it's, <laughs> because, and, and again, it, it goes back to Kaminga doesn't play the three for this team. So, like, I don't even think Steve Kerr looks at it as, well, I would put Kaminga in for Wiggins. Now, maybe if he was having some some whole entire games the way that he had some of those second halves that he had going back a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe there'd be a, a – but, but he doesn't – again, he doesn't really play the three for the Warriors. He's almost exclusively a four. So I don't think and, – and look, Kaminga hasn't been anywhere near consistent enough – top to bottom to where you're saying, I'm going to start this guy. I, I made this point last week. I'll just reiterate it. It's it's the fact that, you know, if Kaminga is playing at a C level and and Wiggins is playing at a D level, like I'm not making a switch to get a play. Like, I'm not, I, I need a player that's playing at an A level for, for a significant chunk of time and a player that's playing at a D level before I'm going to flip-flop them. And so, like, Kaminga, yeah, it, you, it, you could make the case just – you know, in a vacuum, is Kaminga playing better than Wiggins? I think you could say yes, but one, they don't play the same position, and two, Kaminga's not playing so much better than Wiggins, you know, consistently to where you'd even consider making that making that switch. At least that's how I you know, tend to look at it. But look, there's fans, Devon, that are like, start Kaminga and Moody, and and you know, bench Wiggins and and Clay, even, uh, you know, at, at at that point. So. Uh, you know that again. I think we're Clay's not going anywhere as far as the the starting lineup. Wiggins, we'll see. I mean, I think if Wiggins continues to play like he has for another ten games, I think 
the whispers are going to get louder, and I think Steve Kerr is going to have to consider some kind of alteration at that point. But the alteration may not be what you, th- you know. The alteration may be Chris Paul going into the starting lineup, or it may be uh, you know somebody else going into the starting lineup that isn't Jonathan Kaminga. You know, the beginning of the season, they get off to the five and one start. Maybe in retrospect, it was and kind of had the sense at the time it was a, a bit of a bubble. And now with the injuries to Steph and Dre's out and. Uh, you get this, you know, you're seeing the worst side of the Golden State Warriors that they don't have that number two. And of course, the funk continues for Wiggins and Clay Thompson. As Steve Kerr pointed out to everybody, like, you just got to let this breathe, all right? I'm not saying that this is a team that's going to win an NBA championship, but they're not as bad as they're playing right now, just as they weren't as good as maybe when they got off to the five and one start. So I think that as this unfolds, and the last thing I know anybody has when it comes to the Warriors and especially the 49ers is patience. But that's mm-hmm. what this requires before you can really assess this team. You know, it, it does. And, and, it, and it starts with the Warriors getting Stephen Curry back, which I think is the, the number one most important thing when you start to, to kind of parse through everything and, and, and where things sit. Uh, as far as as you know, moving forward and 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 all of that, and you look at uh, just keeping everybody updated. The most recent injury report. I know Steve Kerr did say good chance Steph is able to play in this one. Uh, still questionable as of the 11:30 injury report. Uh, obviously, Draymond Green's out. Gary Payton the second is out as well. Dev- Devone, good stuff, man. Looking forward to uh, next week. Excellent work as always, and uh, we'll we'll do this again soon. Look forward to it, buddy. All right, for Dan Devone, for Mark Grandy, I'm John Dickinson. We'll talk to you at 4.30 from Chase, Warriors and the Thunder. Keep it locked right here, 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.